Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. From the baddest borough in the world, Brooklyn, New York, it's Blaze and Rye Radio. Tonight from the new Lifetime series, Against the Wall, Marissa Ramirez. And singer and host of Cast Party, Jim Caruso. Featuring the Blaze and Rye panel. And now, the man who is about to jump on the moon. September 29th, 2011. Thanks for tuning in to Blazing Rye Radio. We've got a jam-packed show coming up for you tonight. But first, let's start with something that we always do on this show. That's right. It's the Blazing Rye panel. Tonight, I am joined by a writer and actor whose movie, Good Night, Elizabeth, uh, premiered to great success in New York City, as well as a talented playwright and director whose plays, We All Fall Down and Blocks, the story about one man, have also premiered to wondrous success in New York City. Uh, I'm joined by Nick Dushnik and Matt Hawk, in the opposite order, actually. It's not respected, as I just described them. But hello, boys. How are you? Hi. Hi. I'm, I'm good. How are you? Good. And Nick, how are you? Uh, I mean, I'm, uh, I'm a little depressed, but I'm okay. <laughs> of course you are. Okay, well, well, let's get to your depression in a moment. But first off, all right, uh, Bank of America laying off thousands of employees and adding a service fee for using their checking card. Uh, Matt Hawk, what do you make of this? You know, it's a, it's a tough time. I, that's why I don't bank with them. I bank with Chase. You bank with Chase, and the, no fees have been added to the, your Chase account? No, not at all. In fact, oh. uh, they, they've uh, just added on the perks. So it's great. I, uh, I don't envy oh. any Bank of America customers. Well, I guess Bank of America customers are just being chased away to chase. <laughs> and Nick Dusnick, what do you make of this? <laughs> uh, you know, it's uh, it makes sense for them. If people are, I mean, if you look at it, most of Bank of America's customers are probably like college kids who don't know any better, and then they just all ignore their funds anyway, and so they could probably add it. Most of those people won't realize it, and they'll just, like, siphon money until people get it upset, which they don't, because nobody pays any attention to these things. I'll tell you what. I, I was very upset about getting, a like, an 899 charge every month 
from my Bank of America account a while ago, and I just noticed last month that, that it's now at twelve ninety nine. So this has been going on for a long time. Uh, you know, that's you like this new thing. You should call them up yeah, and I be did. like, listen, I'm I'm really good. Take away my charges or I'm leaving the bank. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I actually sure. did do that when it was at the old uh, fee, and now they've increased it. It's a nightmare. Uh, let's move on to a uh, much more serious topic, uh, the Red Sox. Red Sox are out. Many people today blaming Carl Crawford for missing what seemed to be an easy get. Nick Dujnik, is this the reason for your depression? I mean, simple answer, yes. It's But it's not Carl Crawford's fault. Anybody who's blaming okay. Carl Crawford because he dropped a ball is uh, mentally deficient and clearly doesn't really know anything about what's going on in baseball. It's really upsetting because he's like supposedly like one of the nicest guys. He didn't ask to get paid $142 million. I'm sorry, if somebody mm-hmm. came up to you and was like, hey, I'm going to pay you $142 million to go play a game, you would do it because you're not an mm-hmm. idiot. You know, it, it, so to blame him I because get, I get one what he's money is ridiculous. <laughs> and Matt, you get what he's saying? No, I said I'd ask for 143. <laughs> um, okay, so Nick does, Nick. So it seems that you're very angry at the people who are angry at Carl Crawford. Uh, is that the deal? Yeah, it's absolutely the deal because they're using him as a scapegoat. Has he been good this season? No, he hasn't. But the if you want to look at like a serious problem, you want to blame it on someone. We had like nine games. We were ahead by nine games at the beginning of September, and we. Did we During the course of September, here's a fun number for you. We did not win two games in a row once through that mm-hmm. entire month. We never won back-to-back games, which is not ridiculous. That, that is so ridiculous. who do you blame, then? Who do you blame, Nick? All right. You know, I, honestly, if I go back to it, I'm going to blame Theo Epstein for not getting a, uh, a, a you know, at least a decent starting pitcher at the trade mm-hmm. deadline. Because there were people out there. You could have gotten a Chris Capuano or someone like that, like back yeah. at the trade deadline. Some guy who mm-hmm. can go like five, six innings, give up maybe four runs. And like right. that's fine. You know, a guy at the back of the rotation, because that would have been better than Lackey. It would have been better than uh, a poor poor kid Whelan who they kept sending out there. He's not ready. Guy's got like a 12 ERA now. It's ridiculous. And uh, Matt Hawk. Uh, what do you think? Are you Were you upset by this, or were you happy about this? Well, it was nice that uh, the Mets are not the only team to have such unfortunate uh, mishaps in September. So, misery loves company. <laughs> so, I welcome all the people. I believe it's, uh, I believe the, it's the Mets. It, it's not the Mets. No, no, it's Mets, the Mets. I think. And, I, and I was very thankful that Carl Crawford single-handedly destroyed the Red Sox <laughs> season. <laughs> single-handedly. Does Nick rebuttal? Uh, well, I know he's being facetious, so I'm not. I'm, uh, he knows better than that. <laughs> yes, Matt Hawk, always being fallacious. Let's move on to the next topic. Um, fallacious. Sorry about your fallacious. Sorry about your socks, Nick. Uh, next up, yeah. Star Magazine is alleging that Ashton Kutcher is cheating on his wife, Demi Moore. Hello, uh, Brian. Hello. Uh, Brian? Yes, uh, Mich- Michelle. Brian? Is that you? Yeah, yeah. What are you doing? I'm I'm in the middle of a radio show right now. What 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 can I help you? Oh, I'm sorry. Did I call you on the wrong number? 
Uh, yeah, this is the radio show number. What's going? What's going oh, on? Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, okay. I'm outside. I'm outside. <laughs> I need you to come rescue me. I'm on a really bad date, and he brought me to Barpini. <laughs> Your date brought you to a gay bar. Yeah, and he's been in the bathroom for a really long time, and it's is not it, one of those like co-ed bathrooms that I can go in and like see where he is. Is your date Matt Hawk? What? Is your date Matt Hawk? No. (laughs) Okay, well, I'll I'll tell you what. I'm going to finish up doing the show, and I'll just stay there. Stay at Barkini, and I'll come rescue you in an hour, okay? I have to be to work at 10. All right, I'll have have Matt Hawk come get you. All right. (sighs) That's terrible. It might take him longer than it would take me, though. Yeah, That's maybe. <laughs> All right, Michelle. Well, break a leg. It sounds like you're having a a a, a tough night. But, I need to uh, stop I, dating I gay men. Uh, <laughs> gaydar. <laughs> I gotta go. Okay. Well, Not okay. Home. So, why don't you stay on for this? So, uh, Ashton and Demi, uh, what do you make of this? Do you think that Ashton Kutcher is cheating on his wife? And if so, is that something we need to know about? Uh, what do you think, Matt Hawk? Uh, it's quite possible. I have honestly no way of knowing what Ashton Kutcher is doing, and it isn't, uh, I don't really care if he is, you know. Mm-hmm. It's Ashton Kutcher. Okay. And Nick Dusnick, what about you? Are you appalled hope, by this? I hope he is. I really, really hope he is. <laughs> you hope You hope he is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because mm-hmm. he's Ashton Kutcher, and he, I, I don't know why he got married in the first place. Well, this uh, is a larger issue than Nick. Uh, just because he's a good-looking young celebrity does not mean he can devalue the sanctity of marriage. Uh, yeah, well, you know, yeah, yeah, he can. Um, I mean, he's doing uh-huh. that. They do it all the time. It's fine. Let him do whatever he wants. Who cares? He's in Nikon I think It's not like he's really he... a celebrity anymore. Uh, I think when he decided to be in the public eye, he relinquished or vanquished all rights to make up his own decisions. (laughs) And Michelle Kenny, would you agree with that assessment that Uh, Ashton Kutcher relinquished all his rights to privacy because he decided to be in the public eye? No, but I also think, no, I don't think that at all. But I think that if you marry someone who's significantly older than you and they're probably going to die before you, then maybe all of a sudden you're like, oh, Maybe I should have sex with someone else. <laughs> Man, you and sound like you just took a bottle of Percocet. What is wrong with you? Numbers into his things at bowling alleys. <laughs> yes, at bowling he's, alleys. He's oh, doing girl. he's doing this in bowling alleys. In bowling yeah, alleys. Well, let's yeah, these women in bowling alleys. All the times that he got accused of uh, of cheating, uh, it was apparently with women who um, he who like slipped him their number at bowling alleys. Right. So how many how many teeth do these women have? That's what I'm wondering. But do you guys know how this whole Ashton Kutcher in the bowling alley and Demi Moore thing has made me feel hard? Uh, a certain way. Certain way. Hard. Way. 
wonderful harmonizing there, Michelle. Yeah. Uh, the same. whole Kutcher cheating on Moore thing makes me feel a certain way. Star Magazine has for the second time in two years alleged that Ashton Kutcher has been cheating on his 73-year-old wife, Demi Moore. The magazine claimed last year Kutcher picked up a woman in a bowling alley. This year they are saying Kutcher picked up a 21-year-old woman in a bowling alley. Now, Ooh, 21, did not know that. I uh, changed my opinion. <laughs> have the people at Star Magazine seen the people who typically go into the bowling alleys? Why would one of the most attractive men on the planet, aside from Matt Hawk, be trolling around bowling alleys to meet girls? Aston Kutcher can snap his fingers, unzip his pants, and a swarm of women and men would be there to service the young heartthrob, pun intended. The whole thing made me feel a certain way. Would you guys agree? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, Michelle, 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 I hope your date gets better. Uh, Nick, I'm sorry about your Red Sox. And Matt Hawk, uh, next time you're hammered, I'm going to kiss you. All right. (laughs) All right, boys and girls. Thank you. Talk to you soon. I'll see you later. All right. right, Go Uh, go Brewers. Yes. (laughs) My first guest is a talented actress who is currently on the Lifetime series Against the Wall, which airs Sunday nights on Lifetime. Please welcome the lovely, the talented Marissa Ramirez. You, you guys are so fancy with the applause and everything. Wow. Yeah, now now you've got to live up to that. As the pro, that's you like to put a lot of pressure on the guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, just kidding. Pressure. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Um, I understand that you got back from Toronto not too long ago. What were you doing there? That's where we shoot against the wall. So I was there for almost five months. And what is it you're shooting against walls? Is it guns or darts or what is it? Uh, What is it? What do you mean? What? What? Um, I'm confused. (laughs) Okay. Um, So that's a really nice city, no? Do do you enjoy the time that you spend there? Um, Yeah, I I actually had a great time. I was very happy that we were there during the summer and not the winter because I'm from L.A., and I don't think I could handle that well. Oh, I used to live in L.A. Whereabouts are you from out there? Um, East L.A. Where do you live? Uh, I lived in Burbank, but I I was with the theater company, the East L.A. Classic Theater Company, so there's the East L.A. connection there. Oh, Awesome. Okay. Where are you now? You guys are in New York? Yeah, we are in Brooklyn, New York. Exactly. Um, so now this, this Against the Wall show, um, it's, it's doing really well. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about your character? I play, um, I'm a partner to Rachel Kopani's character, Abby Kowalski, and I am her partner in internal affairs. I've been there for about seven years. And I am, well, my character is very pregnant and mm-hmm. pregnant throughout the whole first season. So it's, it's different in that, you know, there's, there's a lot of restrictions as to what my character can do in the field and not do. Right. And, and actually my character is always very hungry and hormonal. So it was fun to play that and to actually be paid to eat hot dogs and, you know, cheeseburgers and stuff. So, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, so they really you're a real method actor then. You you, you wanted to in order to prepare well, for the role they had you eat like a pregnant yeah. woman? 
it wasn't to prepare for the role. I just happened to be eating in a lot of the scenes as I'm talking during the dialogue and everything. So, you know, most actors oh, are going to have a spit bucket or a spit cup there next to them, and, and that just doesn't make any sense to me. I'd rather just, you know, make it natural and eat it and not try to hold a bite in my mouth to spit out after the take. So, yeah, I ate a lot of hot dogs, you know. <laughs> are you sick of them by now? Um. Not really, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, you know, I have to say, it's nice when they are creating new cop dramas like this for TV. Um, what's uh, what is uh, your experience so far working on the show? You say uh, you're you're having a good time eating, um, but are you uh, are you really are you enjoying your storylines? Um. Definitely. You know, my character has a lot to do with all the procedural um, solving the case sort of stuff, um, but there is also a nice chemistry and a fun banter between um, my character and Rachel's character, so that's, mm-hmm. that's a lot of fun to play because we have a natural chemistry. We just get along so well, so we just, we just right. have fun together. Um, and in my character, I was actually given a husband on the show, and, and that's always nice you know, to get – you get a feel that your character is actually going to grow and go somewhere and have a storyline. And um, so I was, I was excited to have a husband being that I'm pregnant mm-hmm. and all. So, yeah. So you have a husband, you have a good chemistry with Rachel Caparney. Everything is coming up roses for you. Now I, what I always wonder is playing a cop and being able to beat up people on TV. Is it, is it liberating? Well, unfortunately, I don't get to actually do many physical things because I have a big belly, um, you know, so they wouldn't let me do much. But uh, I imagine it would be liberating. I mean, I've been doing kickboxing for 13 years, so just going to the gym and letting all that aggression out on the heavy bag is liberating for me. But um, I guess it is always kind of fun to to be sort of give people attitude and uh, yell at people and nobody's going to look at you cross-eyed because you're playing a character. <laughs> right. Um, well, I, I, do, I saw there in my notes that you have been an avid kickboxer for a long time now. How did you get into that? Um, it was one of, the, one of those things where I was modeling and I was traveling the world and I came back, you know, and I didn't fit into my size two jeans and my, my modeling agents at the time were like, okay, you got to do something about that or you're not going to work. And, you know, I need to, mm-hmm. I need to pay my bills. So that it's just the nature of the business, um, you know, it's reality. And it, unfortunately, it is what it is. So I started working out, and I found kickboxing, and I fell in love with it. And um, and I teach it. I just I just love it so much, and it makes me feel like I, I have a whole different life uh, aside from the whole acting world, and, and I can feel like a, a real normal person with a normal job sometimes so i i just i enjoy it i love it cool do you have any crazy stories about where your kickboxing has come in handy <laughs> no unfortunately Good. no i did a, i did a guest spot on supernatural and um they had a stunt double for me and i was like no i don't i don't want a stunt double just you know she can kick me in the stomach it's fine just just let her kick me <laughs> Um, so they, they patted my stomach because they were so scared and, and blah, 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 because it was actually stunt woman who was going to be kicking me in the stomach. And I was just excited to take a kick to the stomach. Well, 
the chick kicked me, and I think she kicked me as hard as she possibly could because she wanted she wanted the wind to be knocked out of me, which it was. But it was fun. It was so much fun. I kind of didn't even really care that I couldn't breathe at that moment, and I might have a bruise on my tummy. But it was it was fun. Who was this? This was a stunt person or an actress? A stunt person. And why did this stunt person have it out for you? Is there a feud now? Can we make no. it into one, maybe? All right. Come on now. I've had enough feuds over my lifetime. I'm not trying to create any more. Oh, dear. Any industry feuds we should know about? <laughs> uh, no, nothing yeah. Nothing in the industry, no. I, I try to keep that all light and very happy and, and just nice, you know. All right. <laughs> no That's Jay-Z and Nas, Biggie and Pac drama going on. You're good. No, no. Uh, okay, so um, now – I couldn't help but notice, Marissa, that one of your first gigs was appearing in a Backstreet Boys video. Uh, which video was it, and how did this come about? I wish they would take all that stuff off of IMDb. I really wish they would. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm impressed by that. That's awesome. I was a video hoe for a while. Yes, that was my job. <laughs> a video um, <laughs> vixen? You were a regular superhead? I did a lot of music videos for a little while there, and... Um, Backstreet Boys, I think I was in As Long As You Love Me. Does that sound like one of their song titles? Absolutely, yeah. As Long okay. As You Love Me. Mm-hmm. Oh, goodness, you know the song. Wow. Yeah, that of course, was a long those time ago. Boys. <laughs> uh-huh. um, so what was that experience? Was it fun? Was it as embarrassing as it's sounding right now? I know. Um, of course, it was fun. It was you know, that's what I did for a living it but I look at things like it's paying the bills, you know. It yeah. it's just it's it's work and I'm not I'm not gonna get it I'm not really gonna get excited about working with a, a musician unless it's like Jay Z or Kings of Leon, really. So it was just like work. Like I don't even know if they were all that big yet or all that popular yet when I worked with them. It was so long ago. But um, you know, it's it's awesome to be around musicians and, and different uh talents other than just actors now um so mm-hmm. it, it was you know it was it was what it was so your your favorite rapper is jay-z and your favorite band is kings of leon is that right that's right wow um i'm with you on the jay-z part there uh now what, well what do you think about the whole kings of leon with the, all the drama that's gone on lately and the guy who walked off stage the, the one of the brothers what's the deal what's with your band i don't know i'm really disappointed in them because i had tickets to see them in vegas um over labor day weekend and had some great tickets i was really disappointed been looking forward to it for months you know i think i think a lot of bands just go through phases where they either need a break and don't know how to ask for it they Mm-hmm. have decided maybe it's become too much more than they can handle and, and don't know how to tone it down or they just yeah. get, you know, hungry and, and want more. I don't, I don't really know. Um, it's, it's unfortunate, um, but it sometimes that's what fame does to people and some people just can't handle it or need to turn to another sort of substance to be able to deal with it. And um, hopefully he can pull it together and they can come back and have a good concert. Yeah. Well, how have you managed to stay? <laughs> how have you managed to stay grounded all these years? Is it the kickboxing? Is it friends, family? What do you think? Um, 
you know, I think it's a mixture of a lot of things. I am from LA, so I didn't I didn't move here with, you know, stars in my eyes and hopes and dreams of becoming anything. And I still don't look at it like that. I don't look like I want to be famous. I want to be this. I want to be on the cover of this magazine. I just want to work. I want to work. I want to be able to have a, a good life. I want to be able to travel. I want to be able to eventually have a family. And I'm just, I don't know. I just feel like I'm sort of normal, and I don't really know what has kept me normal. It might be the kickboxing. It might be just... Mm-hmm. I try to stay out of Hollywood too. You know, I live on the east side. I don't I don't travel much into the city unless I have to because it's I I can I'm a pretty good judge of character and, and unfortunately I can see right through a lot of people and it's very disappointing a lot of people that come to this town and get in this industry. And unfortunately yeah. I have to play the game a lot of the time. But I just try to keep it real and be true to who I am and what I enjoy doing and try to keep normal, sane people around me. And I guess it's worked out so far. Yeah, it seems like it's working. So, yeah, keep it up. Um, now, uh, before we move off of the Backstreet Boys entirely, what do you think of okay. them coming back touring with New Kids on the Block? Oh, I did a, I did a Jordan Knight video, too. Hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> was this before or after he was on The Surreal Life and proved he was a big creep? Oh, I don't remember him on The Surreal Life. I, I feel like it was after oh, yeah. Uh, I don't remember. He was on the one with Flavor Flav, and when they he went up to Flavor Flav, and he was like, "We we did the American Music Awards together. You introduced me." And then Flav goes, "Oh!" And like you, you can hear the his flavors yell all around the the town, and the birds start <laughs> flying away and stuff. Oh, yeah. that's hilarious. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, <laughs> I'm all for them wanting to make a comeback. I mm-hmm. don't know how their music is going to be read now. Um, mm-hmm. or if it's just gonna if they're gonna gain any new fans, or if it's gonna be you know everybody that I sort of went to high school with and was in love with them in high school, you know. Um, so that yeah. I I I don't really know how that's gonna work out with them, but more power to them for trying, you know. I actually do have a friend that went to see them together, and mm-hmm. had an amazing time. So really, yeah, and yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cool. Well, I mean, I wouldn't, wouldn't go, but okay, back to me. <laughs> 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 yeah, I'm sh- I'm sure it's a great time. Um, well, now just throw Hanson in there, and and it'll be the, the best thing you've ever had. Oh, goodness. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. So one of the shows, Marissa, a lot of people uh, know you uh, best from recently is Spartacus, Gods of the Arena. Uh, you played L- Lucy Lawless's slave. What was that like? That was a completely different experience for me. I'd never done nudity or any sort of time period um, show. So it was mm-hmm. completely new and completely different. I was the only um, American on the, in the cast on, on set. Wow. It was, yeah. And um, it, it, was, it was an amazing experience to just be able to do something so different, to have this sort of mid-Atlantic accent where you have no idea where my character could be from sort of thing. And um, mm-hmm. it, being in New Zealand for three months and, you know, uh, wearing almost nothing for three months, it, I was very happy to uh, book against the wall and be a pregnant character. <laughs> so, <laughs> and eat. Because I, I didn't eat much in New Zealand. But um, it's, it's unfortunate, mm-hmm. I have to say, though, too, I, you know, I pretty much had a job 
because they were shooting a prequel to see if Andy Whitfield got better, and unfortunately he didn't, and he just passed away, and I, you know, have been very sad about it, and a lot of my cast members were as well. Um, the whole, you know, it's just, it's just such an odd thing, and the show keeps going, and it's so successful, yeah. and I, you know, I hope it does well, but I, I feel like we have to remember that he, he started it all, and he was amazing at it. Uh, when when you first learned of his death, was it was it a shock or had you seen it coming for a while? Having worked with him, what what was it like when you heard? Well, when I was in New Zealand, I didn't work with him. He was around, and you know, I would see him at the gym every now and then. I would see him around set every now and then, but he wasn't working. Um, mm-hmm. But um, I, I he looked amazing when I saw him. He was working mm-hmm. out. He was so healthy. He looked hot. Um, so it was kind of a shock to me because I hadn't been around. I hadn't heard how he had been doing. I hadn't, I just didn't know anything. And it just sort of out of the blue, I heard of his passing and it was, it's just, it's just so, it's so sad. It's so unfortunate. I mean, he's 39 years old and two kids. It's just, you know, it's, it's not fair. Yeah, it's terrible. Um, so young and then he was the star of the show, right? I know, yes, so talented, and I'm sure he had much bigger things for him in in his future, and it's just a shame that we didn't get to experience that. Yeah, um, well, uh, people in my uh, office love uh, Spartacus, and I uh, just wanted to tell that to you <laughs> since you are a Thank part you. of it. Um, Thank absolutely. you. Uh, yeah, they've so, seen, they've seen um, all more, of me. Whoops. Yes. <laughs> um I mean, I know that you you write all the episodes, you direct all of them, et cetera. It's, it's all you. <laughs> no. One thing I definitely noticed about um, you doing a lot of stuff, though, is in your career is that you are, are quite a soap opera queen in that you've done The Young and the Restless, The Bold and the Beautiful, and, of course, General Hospital. So let me ask you, which one do you think is best? Well, of course, I'm going to say General Hospital. That was my first big real acting job and um you know it became a bit of a family for me and the cast and the crew were amazing and I felt like I had a really good storyline and I just it's such a good training ground for actors and it it turned into such a good experience for me and it's so Mm -hmm. sad what's happening to all the soaps nowadays too but um my grandma keeps me informed. She still watches General Hospital every day, and mm-hmm. you know, she tries to tell me what's going on. <laughs> Should I be embarrassed that I remember you from General Hospital when I was a teenage boy? Is that is that okay? That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. Um, but but of course, Gia. Um, and uh, uh, well. What do you think? You just mentioned this. What do you think of the the fact that all these these shows that you know a lot of the time people might not give soap operas the respect that they deserve, or the cast members, the actors, the respect that because a lot of work goes into doing those on a daily basis. Um, what do you think of the fact that that these reality shows and cooking shows are replacing shows that demonstrate you know creativity and and some form of art and this you know stylistic uh, kind of legendary American format is uh, I mean. It's- what do you think of the fact that they're being replaced by reality shows? Uh, you know, it's completely disappointing. And, you know, to be honest, a lot of these reality shows are based upon people embarrassing themselves. 
uh, making yeah. fools of themselves, not showing any sort of talent or anything that we could sort of aspire to be like as a people. So it's it's just it's unfortunate what's happening to television, to daytime television. And you know, people love their stories. People love soap operas, and just it's this this fantasy world. And our fantasy mm-hmm. worlds are now reality, but not even a good reality. It's just it's sad. That's what I think. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, well, before I let you go, Marissa, I want to play a game with you here. It's a game uh-huh. we like to call, What Do You Currently Know About What You Used to Know When You Knew It? Where, in this edition, you tell me, Marissa Ramirez, who said these particular quotes on General Hospital. Are you ready? Oh, my God. How many years ago was that? Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's open it up. What do you know? What do you currently know about what you used to know when you knew it? Okay. All right. First quote from General Hospital is, uh, uh, um, sure. Who said that? Was it A, Luke Spencer, B, Elizabeth Weber, or C, Sonny Corinthos? I'm going to say Luke Spencer. (laughs) <laughs> that is incorrect. It's actually Sonny oh. Corinthos. But good good try. Um, next quote. Nice company we're keeping, a corpse and his killer. I'm not putting up a building at Windermere so we can put a body under it. Is that A, Tyler Christopher as Nicholas Cassidyne, B, Colton Scott as Nicholas Cassidyne, or C, New York Jets wide receiver Plexico Burris as himself? <laughs> really? Was he on there? <laughs> I'm going to say Nicholas Cassadine. Was it Tyler Christopher or Colton Scott as Nicholas Cassadine? I'm going to say Colton Scott. Yes, you are correct. Oh, I got one right. (laughs) Next one. I think think you're going to do great on this. So, okay, (laughs) next quote. So, theoretically, you can make the decision to build a new building, a boathouse or a stable, while the construction is underway. Ted can be part of the permanent foundation. Is that A, Jacob Young as Lucky Spencer, B, Greg Vaughn as Lucky Spencer, or C, Jonathan Jackson as Lucky Spencer? I'm going to say Greg Vaughn. No, try again. Okay. Oh, God. <laughs> Jacob Young? I forgot yes, the other one. Okay. <laughs> yep. That was, I think that was actually in the same conversation as the previous quote. Um, oh, next I was up, my character in that scene too. <laughs> you were on, I believe you were on that episode, but not that particular scene, so it's okay. okay. We'll forget that. Okay. Next one. Okay, let's see. Um, I am talking about your best friend who is having a biopsy on his brain because there is something scary in there. Why are you so intense on finding Robin? Is that A. Maxie Jones, B. Sam McCall, or C. Minnesota Vikings running back Adrian Peterson? <laughs> There's something scary in there. That's hilarious. Um, the first, the A, the first one you said. I don't even know. I was laughing so hard. <laughs> um, you say A, Maxie Jones? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's it's actually B, Sam McCall, referring to something scary in Jason Morgan, her boyfriend's brain. Okay. Um, but good guess though. Very close. Okay. Um, as I just, I just saw the two of them on a 
speaking of, I saw the two, Maxie and Sam, on a reality show on E! today. There's a whole big soap opera reality show featuring these Kelly Monaco and Kirsten Yeah, I saw did that. Did you? Too. What do you think of that? Um, well, of course, I'm going to find that interesting because I was on soap operas for so many years, so I can relate to them. But yeah. it's still a reality show, so <laughs> I don't know. They're feeling their own <laughs> demise, you know? They're, they're yeah. feeling their own fate. Yeah. Yeah, what is yeah, what Crazy. are you doing? I don't know. <laughs> um, next quote. And no, this is not tuna fish, it just smells like it. You're lucky you're on a liquid diet, pretty much the best this hospital has to offer. Is that A, Dr. Matt Hunter, B, nurse Elizabeth Weber, or C, Dylan Panthers fullback, Tim Riggins? Elizabeth Weber. It's actually Dr. Matt Hunter, but very good because there's a doctor and Liz is a nurse, so it's okay. We'll give it okay. to you. Okay. Um, I don't know who Matt Hunter is, anyways. <laughs> okay. Um, I think Matt Hunter's new. We he's uh, Patrick Drake's brother. I don't know why they have different last names. No idea. Maybe different fathers, maybe, or maybe one of them died and came back. You know how soap operas work by this point. I don't even know who Patrick Drake is, but okay. <laughs> okay. Um, let's do. We have time for one more. Um, okay, last one. After Brooklyn Ashton suggests Tracy Quartermain stays at Windermere for the night, what actor says, Windle what? As the other actors in the scene try not to laugh. Is it A, Colton Scott as Nicholas Cassadine, B, Tyler Christopher as Nicholas Cassadine, or C, Snooky? <laughs> I feel like it's Snooky. I don't know. Yeah. Can I just tell you, uh, Marissa, that that is the most hilarious thing I've ever seen on General Hospital, that they're sitting around a table at the police station, and Tracy's arrested, and Luke is sitting there, and they're married now, and they're like, oh, Tracy, you could stay at Windermere when you're released, and Tyler Christopher goes, Window what? And the rest of the cast is trying so hard not to laugh, it's the best clip ever. Oh, I'm going to have to look for it. (laughs) Well, Marissa... I cannot thank you enough for coming on Against the Wall air Sunday nights on Lifetime TV. Thank you so much. This was a blast. Thank you. Absolutely. Take care. Have a good night. You too. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. All right, that was Marissa Ramirez. Okay, my next guest is a talented performer who hosts the popular cast party every week at Birdland here in New York. He also has a new jazz CD out called The Swing Set. Please welcome Jim Caruso. That was a lot. <laughs> well, first of all, that's a huge show. audience you have there in the studio. Massive. I don't understand why they keep coming here and looking at me. Well, you know, they know it's on the phone. I don't understand why they don't go to your place of residence. And, oh, yes, you know. exactly. I have such a huge apartment here in New York. <laughs> well, first of all, uh, I loved you on NYPD Blue. CSI Miami, I'm not so sure about. Uh, yeah. uh-huh. All right. Uh, um, well, thank you so much for coming on tonight. I know you've been super busy recently. Uh, I have oh, to thank hear, you for having me. Oh, absolutely, anytime. I, I happen to hear, Jim, that you were hosting at the Celebrity Table last night, was it, at the Broadway Flea Market? And oh, no, that was on Sunday. Hosting. Oh, that was on Sunday. How was that? Oh, it's so much fun. I, I've done it, God, I think I've done it like 
12 years now. Um, every, uh, every year, the Broadway community, Broadway Cares, Equity Fights AIDS, does a huge flea market in Schubert Alley. Uh, and all the shows have a table, and they do uh, sil- silent auctions, and then there's a celebrity table with about 20 uh, Broadway and television stars every hour. It changes every hour. And people pay money to go down the, the table and get everybody's autograph, and there's a photo booth, and it's so much fun. And um, I kind of host that every year, and it's just its one of the greatest days ever. That sounds awesome. Who were the celebrities that were there the other night? Oh, God, who was there this year? Uh, really, the somebody from every show. Uh, mm-hmm. The fabulous um, actress that's uh, starring in Sister Act, uh, Patina Miller. Um, oh, God, big superstars, and I'm not thinking of them right now. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Sutton Foster, who just won the Tony for Anything Goes. Joel Gray from Anything Goes. Uh, just, you know, tons and tons of big old Broadway stars and and people from soaps and all kinds of great people. It's it's the most fun. That's awesome. Did you have anyone from General Hospital, the soap that we were just talking about for the last 15 minutes? Uh, no, I don't think there was anybody from, from General Hospital. That's That's filmed in L.A. Oh, yes, you're right. Yes, and the ones that are filmed in New York, they're going away. Yeah, they're, um, they're pretty much gone. Yeah. Well, and then I also read that you were hosting Cast Party in Las Vegas very recently out of all places. That has helped? been the most fun. Uh, we've done Cast Party for about eight years here in New York City, and uh, this past year we've decided to take it on the road. And um, we've played L.A. six times, uh, Chicago twice. Pittsburgh, we're going to Cleveland, for God's sake, um, which is, I mean, it's so exciting. Um, and we've played, we've just done um, Las Vegas for the second time this last week, and we had a complete blast. Donny Osmond came in. There was literally somebody from every every big show in, in Vegas that came in to sing with us. It was really, really a great, I've never spent much time there, uh, but we're, we're really having a ball. And this is uh, amazing, this this open mic night that you host, that you've been doing for eight years, and, and all these, look at the list of names who have uh, performed. Uh, how did this all start? How did you get into this initially? Well, it, it didn't happen on purpose, believe me. I never thought I'd be hosting an open mic for a living. That doesn't, I don't think you can yeah. major in that. Um, <laughs> there, although if I could have, I probably would have, because uh, it sounds sure. like an easy A. Um, it, uh, I was... Um, Performing and playing a lot of nightclubs, and then I worked in TV for a while. That that ended, and um, I started to work for my friend Liza Minnelli, who you might have heard of. And uh, she, uh, I was her opening act for a while, and then I kind of helped her uh, on a production level with with a few different shows, which was really fun. And she throws a party every Saturday night, and it always ends up around the piano. And, you know, her parties are like, the people around the piano will blow your mind. It's Barbara Streisand and Madonna and uh, Cy Coleman was at the piano, obviously, when he was alive. And Comden and Green and, you know, these legendary people, plus me and Billy Stritch and Ann Hampton Calloway and um, part of, you know, kind of our our scene, too. And the mix was just unbelievable. So I thought, hey... 
what if what if I threw a party like that? And uh, I was working uh, doing PR for a nightclub at the time, and I threw a Christmas party, and we all ended up around the piano, and everybody stayed till three in the morning. And uh, the next day, the club called and said, "Would you do that every Monday?" And I said no. And eight years later, I'm still doing it. <laughs> <laughs> why? Why? Why would you say no initially? Well, I didn't think I didn't think my friends would would come every Monday. I mean, who who does that? But um, obviously, since then, it's it's uh, the the crowd has gone way beyond my the my friend base, and um, we've been at Birdland for for eight years, and it's. Birdland is one of the greatest music rooms in the world. It's been around for 60 years, and um, it's primarily a jazz room. But we ruined that with uh, all of these incredible Broadway singers and TV stars and and jazz singers come in and pop instrumentalists, and you never know who's going to be there. Wow. Uh, So this... That's amazing that, you know, it must be a nice feeling to know that you've created something that's become such a uh, New York institution now. It's crazy. I I mean, I never in a million years would have thought. Uh, I mean, I spent my whole life trying to, you know, be a singer and to grab the spotlight. <laughs> but it, it seems like the second I I put the spotlight on on other people, um, yeah, I I seem to be I seem to do much better and it was I, yeah. I, I kind of found a place I mean kind of what you're doing you know uh you're yeah. you're celebrating talent and um I think celebrating new talent is so necessary to the uh to the growth of the arts and um believe me cast party is not all celebrities by any stretch uh we have up and comers and and people that should really never be seen anywhere <laughs> Who should be arrested for loitering in front of a microphone? But um, I mean, I love that, and and um, that's part of the fun. Is after well, you know Martin Short to have the lady that gets up and and has written a song about pollution, <laughs> which has happened. Uh, um, well, I, yeah, what you just said about celebrating talent and letting other people, I can definitely relate immensely to what you just said. My to I haven't been able to articulate it so well, so it's nice to hear somebody else say that. Um, well, you know, I mean, this is an age when budgets are, for the arts are being cut right and left, and um, it's it's exciting to shine a spotlight on on you know trillions of singers over the years and songwriters too, yeah. uh, and connect Absolutely. with so many people. It's um, I, I never thought that would end up being my passion, but. Boy, it, it, good talent really has become, um, and celebrating it has become a real joy. Sure. Now, what you mentioned that some people should be arrested for loitering in front of a mic. What is the worst or weirdest performance that's ever happened oh, at one of your cast parties? I mean, this this radio show isn't long enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've had. Well, we certainly have had some weird things, but I personally consider weird to be a good thing. There's an incredible yeah. – um, I, I guess he's a circus performer, really, who who does very bizarre things uh, with uh, balloons. <laughs> Sounds so dirty the way you said it's it. It's yeah. so dirty, and he's – you know those big, long, sculpting balloons? Sure. He swallows those. It, that's very weird. Yeah, I know. Um, we've had – 
it's it's mostly singers and songwriters, but we have certainly had our share of um, contortionists, and um, which is a very strange talent, I have to say. And you know, we get magicians and professional whistlers. That's exciting. Um, people that play the the auto harp, people that play the bagpipe. Oh, oh, what's that? Um, that Australian instrument, the didgeridoo. didgeridoo. Oh yeah. yeah, we had that once. That was very odd. Um, and uh-huh. he's he's a professional didgeridooist. So I mean, it's, if you can do that well, he was the best one. So it's because uh, there's nothing yeah. worse than an amateur didgeridooist. <laughs> but we the, certainly um, get our share of weirdos with with songs that they've written and and. Um, oh dear. Things, but the good news is, right after the weirdo, we can we can follow up with with somebody that's just spectacular and and you know at the top of their game professionally. And I never feel too bad throwing you know the weirdos on stage because I know we have some good people to follow them. Well, I heard in an interview you say that a lot of people will go home and talk about the the bad or weird performances at the best park. <laughs> exactly. And I when I used to watch uh, Showtime at the Apollo, I would always root for failure and I would root for weirdness and stuff. I would I would hate it when they were successful and Absolutely. you know made it through. I yeah, know. I mean, well, look at American Idol. The first, the first, uh, you know, how many episodes of that are are all the bizarre freaks that show up, and we love watching that. I mean, what I will say though that we do that American Idol doesn't do is. Um, or that they do that we don't do is, is we never go to the negative place with with talent, which actually I'm kind of proud of too. I mean, obviously <laughs> they're not too worried because they're doing very well. But um, right. I kind of like, and believe me, one on one, I I love dishing the, the crazy people. But on stage, I think it's I like taking the higher road. Uh, <laughs> Somehow. So you like talking about people behind their backs, but not... Yes, absolutely. <laughs> you know me uh-huh. so well. No, I mean, you know, we all go to the diner afterwards at 2 in the morning, and we're all sitting around talking about the the crazy things that happen. But but um, on stage, I hate that thumbs up or thumbs down or, you know, you're good, you're bad, booing, get them off the stage. Cast Party has never been, uh, never had that energy, and I'm I'm very glad about that. That's awesome. You just We're an equal that opportunity title. lover. <laughs> uh, we actually had Sanjaya on the show, who's probably the biggest American Idol story of somebody who really kind of shouldn't be there getting as, as far as he yeah. is. So that was well, William Hung, I mean, hello, that guy. Oh, sure. <laughs> Him too. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so, okay, now there's a quote, Jim, uh, on your website from, from Rex Reed. Bear with me here. Uh, he says, this dashing, polished, and seasoned pro can do almost anything. He's reflective and touching and bouncy and irreverent, and boy, can he swing. Yay. Now, I have several questions about this. Yes. One, what sort of polish do you apply to yourself in the morning? <laughs> I'm looking to get a good polished look. Oh, I'm very buffed. I'm very Not buff, but buffed. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Second yeah. question. Bouncy, is that a compliment? Because I think of annoying girls as bouncy. Well, I think probably what he means is when I, when I, I mean, I, I'm not a big fan of dreary ballads and 
um, sappy kind of sad songs. So my shows have always been very upbeat and, yes, let's say it, bouncy. <laughs> upbeat. Okay, I guess yeah. that's a good thing. And last, yeah. last question. Uh, you can do almost anything. Is this a factual claim? Can you hit the G-spot and prostate at the same time? Can you juggle all of the Golden Girls at once? Can you cure cancer? Can you sing every song from Les Mis on the spot right now? Go. Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, did you want me to, to, to actually do all that right now? No, Rex is uh, very supportive of, of me. <laughs> sure. And it's funny to me because the, the, the word people think of when they hear you sing is is joy. That's how it's, you know, people are joyful, are, are filled with joy when they hear you, and this is what Rex Reed said. Um, now, should we get you, Jim, to play over in Israel and Palestine to fill them with joy before, you know, in order to end this long conflict? Do you think that would work? I think I'm the perfect person. I, I <laughs> You know, music is very healing, and I think my album, my brand new album, The Swing Set, <laughs> Sure. Not that I'm not that I'm promoting it or anything, but uh, it, it is very upbeat and very uplifting and a lot of fun. There is a pretty ballad though. I do a, a really great ballad version of uh, the, a song from The Wizard of Oz, "If I Only Had a Brain," with uh, a legendary guitar player, Bucky Pizzarelli, who played for Sinatra and Rosemary Clooney and the whole world. Uh, but sure. yes, I believe I can cure. And I can end war, perhaps famine, with the swing set currently available on iTunes. <laughs> you know, it's funny you mentioned that album. It's not like it was right in front of me, and it's the next question I'm going to ask anyway. Oh, or sure. Like that. Um, but let's talk about it, the swing set. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but were there children involved in this album? Does it have to do with swing sets? See, it's a play on words. Oh, is that what it is? Ah, yes. It's a set of swing songs. Oh, I thought of that in the me. shower. I think that is very clever. It is pretty good. The swing set. <laughs> and I, I ran like to uh, Google to see if there was another album called The Swing Set, and I couldn't find one, so that was good. You know what? I just uh, created an email address for a Gmail account that I needed something to, like, motivate me to work out every day and to get in shape and stuff. And so I really thought that this was going to be taken, but – Get it tranny was not taken, and I, I <laughs> that got is it. shocking. And you got, I know seriously, and you got swing set. How about that? I love that. Now I think get it tranny was the working title of the Kardashian sitcom. <laughs> I thought you were going to say it was the working title of, of your new album. No, but, no, um, no, not yet. <laughs> not yet. Uh, so, what are the type types of influences? Who influenced you when doing this album, or what? genres of music yeah um i there's an album that fred astaire did with oscar peterson that absolutely blows me away and um i wanted it to sound like that it was it was uh recorded live uh in the studio and it just it sounds like a party it sounds like a party i want to go to that's for sure um very mm -hmm. alive very um uh, fresh sounding to my ears, and uh, I sure. sure loved that. And I played that for my producers. And I, this is this is exactly what I wanted to sound like. So I love I love Fred Astaire. I love Mel Torme. Um, but I've been influenced certainly by a lot of contemporary.
performers. I listen to a lot of country music. Um, and then, you know, your basic the basic pop stuff that everybody else listens to, I love. Like Miley Cyrus? Uh, <laughs> exactly. You've read my mind. <laughs> um, now, I've noticed that you have quite a number of guest artists on the album. Stephanie J. Block, Michael Feinstein, uh, Hillary Cole, Mark mm-hmm. Castrelli, Billy Stritch. That's pretty impressive. How did you get all those folks? Well, they're all, they're all my friends. Um Billy Stritch and I have been best friends for about 30 years. That's right. Uh, so he's always uh, he's he's the guy that I do cast party with on the road. He's always at the piano. Um, and here in town, I work with a brilliant uh, pianist named Ted Firth and Steve Doyle on bass and Daniel Glass on drums. But you know, I just when I was putting this together, I, I called on my friends uh, that I thought would would make this sound. Like I said, kind of like a party. Stephanie Block is... Do you know Stephanie? Uh, no, I know she's huge, though. Yeah, she's a big, big incredible Broadway singer. Um, yeah. She was the original Elphabub long before um, Adina Menzel. Uh, she uh, starred in 9 to 5 and The Pirate Queen, and uh, mm-hmm. she's just an extraordinary singer. We do a duet of the Doodlin' song which uh, Robin Laura Petrie did on the Dick Van Dyke Show. Thank you. Oh, really? So cute. So cute. I love that song. Uh, Michael Feinstein and I do uh, a big band song called Gotta Be This or That mm-hmm. with some special lyrics. He's a great friend and has been a wonderful supporter of Cast Party. In fact, he was there Monday night um, at Birdland. That's awesome. uh, so, you know, I just I just called cool people that I know. And that that I knew would be good at this, and really better than me. They're all way better than me in the studio, <laughs> and so I I knew that would help me. <laughs> what do you think is your favorite song on the album? Oh, jeez. Well, I guess I. Uh, oh man, there's an arrangement of Avalon that um, the producer Aaron Weinstein. Uh, put together that's a, a wonderful vocal arrangement that I do with Billy Stritch and Hillary Cole. I love that. And can I have a couple favorites? Yeah, absolutely. Can I only have one? Uh, there's a song yeah. called <laughs> I Love a Violin that was written mm-hmm. by Kay Thompson. Uh, Kay Thompson was Liza Minnelli's godmother and mm-hmm. um, was the vocal arranger at MGM, coached Judy Garland and Mel Torme. And Liza did a show... Uh, called Liza's at the Palace, which won a Tony two years ago. I was in that show. I was one of the four guys as as the Williams Brothers. We recreated Kay Thompson and the Williams Brothers act. And uh, that's a song that was in Kay's act. So I have a special affinity for that song. And then If I Only Had a Brain with Bucky Pizzarelli on guitar is pretty, is just, it was a thrill to work with him, and I love that song. So those are my three faves. Well, uh, speaking of, the first one you just mentioned is Avalon. If it's all right mm-hmm. with you, I'd like to break our listeners off with that right now. Is that okay? I would love it. Okay, let's do it. It is Jim Caruso with Avalon. Ba-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-
You are accomplishing your your super objective with this album. <laughs> I'm so glad. Yes. Um, so, Tim, you have sung with some amazing people. Uh, Rosemary Clooney, that must have been amazing. Can you talk a little bit about that? Oh, absolutely. Um, I had a vocal trio called Wise Guys in the 80s and 90s, and we um, ended up... Uh, we were based in Texas, but then we moved to New York and ended up being an opening act for Liza and Joan Rivers and uh, other people. And then um, all of a sudden, I got a call from my attorney, who was also Rosemary's attorney, asking if mm-hmm. we would be part of an, uh, a tribute to Bing Crosby at Carnegie Hall that uh, Rosemary was, was putting together and obviously starring in. So mm-hmm. we did... Uh, we did some vocal arrangements that Bing Crosby did with his vocal group back in the 20s, which was thrilling. And to work with her was, you know, talk about iconic. That voice was just extraordinary. So that was a real massive thrill to work with her and to do it at Carnegie Hall. Absolutely. Uh, Now, you mentioned this, the wise guys before. Uh Uh, I need to ask you before we proceed... Do these men have the power of discerning and judging properly as to what is true or right, possessing discernment, judgment, or discretion? Discretion, not discretion. Discretion. Having knowledge. <laughs> having okay. knowledge or information as to facts and circumstances. Is that the deal? No, but we did walk around with frankincense and myrrh just in case. Okay. Good. Get it? Good. Do you get it? I I got it. I can't. Okay. I, I totally messed up that joke with the dis- discretion. Yeah, there was. Um, well, believe me, there was some discretion going on <laughs> with several of them. I don't want to talk about you, it. Oh dear. Um, <laughs> I, I should uh, note that she's come up several times thus far. You're friends with Liza Minnelli. You worked with her for quite a long time and made your Broadway debut in the show that she did. Um, this relationship that you have with her sounds like a pretty amazing thing. Is it- oh, God, absolutely. I mean, when, you know, when she's your friend, you have a friend forever. Um, I met her in 1990 uh, when when Billy Stritch started uh, or met her and started working with her at Radio City. And we've been incredible friends ever since. She's spectacularly supportive of what I do and and you know has given me a very good job many times and gave me my Broadway debut. That is odd to be given your Broadway debut by Liza Minnelli. Oh please, I know. Well, we toured for three years before we took the show to Broadway. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I always, you know, we were singing these Kay Thompson songs with her band. I mean, Liza's band is the best band on the road, uh, playing the most beautiful theaters in this country and all over Europe and South America and um, you know so to be able to sing those songs with that band in these gorgeous theaters with some of my best friends it was you know it's hard to believe that 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 really even happened it was pretty perfect yeah that is incredible Uh, well Jim we are going to uh, play a little game we always play on the show it's called Hot or Hot Mess I give you a list of things. You tell me if they're hot or a hot mess. Are you ready? Oh, God, yes. Let's open it up. I'm open. What, what, what do I have to do? <laughs> no, no, no. 
there's, there should be a song playing now. Uh, let's <laughs> I see. see. We can get Would you like me to hum something? <laughs> Unless you do. Are you familiar with Ryan Scott Oliver's? Uh, let's see. God, God, who's a mess? I'm against you. Oh, love the mess, love the mess, love the mess. Please, love the mess, love the mess, love the mess. Wow. <laughs> All right. There we go. Um, That's pretty. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Jim Caruso, the movie Bridesmaids, hot or hot mess? Oh, I thought it was hot. Hot. Very Made me laugh. Are um, you kidding? Kristen Wiig is a genius. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and how about that woman who just won the uh, the Emmy? The, she was in Bridesmaids. I know. I, God, she's so yeah. adorable. And she was so thrilled to you – know, isn't it so cool when you don't know – somebody one year and the next year they're superstars. I just, I love when that happens. It gives me, it gives me great hope. Yeah. <laughs> and me too. Um, now, uh, what lame is into a movie, uh, with Hugh Jackman and Anne Hathaway, is that hot or a hot mess? Oh, oh God. I don't know. I love Hugh Jackman. He, uh, the aforementioned Stephanie Block played Liza Minnelli in The Boy from Oz opposite him. So I know through her that he's a really good guy. But that just sounds like a hot mess to me. <laughs> okay. I Fair mean, do we, really, Les Mis? Really? Do we need to see this? Maybe we do. <laughs> Speaking of do we need to see this, how about Ghost the Musical coming to Broadway? Hot or hot mess? I don't know. I, that could be kind of hot. Um, I actually know somebody that's up for one of the leads. So on, on that alone, I will say that could be hot. How are you covering your tracks here? I like it. I know, how just in about, case. How about your favorite artist, Miley Cyrus, hot or hot mess? I, I think I might have missed the Miley Cyrus, you know, interest. I, I, I couldn't care less about Miley Cyrus. So I'm I'm gonna say hot mess. I'm sure she's <laughs> a nice about... person if she's listening. <laughs> oh, she listens to every episode. Yeah. Oh, I know. She follows me around like crazy. <laughs> Can't get rid of that Miley. Can't get um, rid of her. There she is again. No. <laughs> uh, next up on hot or hot mess. What about Lucille Ostero? Hot or hot mess? Wait, who is that? I know who that is. Yes, you do. Arrested Development. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> Only your BFF. Yes. Uh, that was hot mess in the very best way, in the greatest way. Was that a great character or what? Oh, my God. All the, you know, all the um, stars of prior generations that they brought to that show, like Henry yeah. Winkler and Blind yep. Manella, were just incredible on that show. Isn't it? I mean, I've always said to her, she's a, she's a sitcom come to life. I actually lived with Liza in Los Angeles, and it was like if, if anybody could have put a – you know, the Kardashians have nothing. Real Housewives have nothing. Hilarious woman. And so when, she, when I was watching that, I was so impressed by her, her physical comedy, the pratfalls and the rolling – when they were rolling over each other, do you remember that scene? She falls yeah, over the and they roll. Yes, hilarious, yeah. hilarious. Or she'd fall out of the screen. You wouldn't see her land, but you'd just hear the crash. And the next time you'd see her, her hair would be all bent. Hilarious. Yeah. 
She gets my vote as as being one of the funnier people in the world. So hot mess, but in the best way. (laughs) This next part of Hot or Hot Mess, Jim, we're going to play a few audio clips from our show. You tell me if they're hot or a hot mess. Uh, First up, this is uh, Ben Cameron from Wicked and Aida and Footloose on Broadway. His description of what went down at a Neil Diamond concert. Oh, he did three encores of Sweet Caroline. I was unreal. I was, he did I three, see, I, three, what, three encores of the same uh, song? Uh, oh, yeah, in a row, because people can't get enough. And then you've got a stadium full of people all screaming, so good, so good, so good. Oh, my God. <laughs> I've never gotten the, the Neil Diamond appeal so much. Yeah. I did like him when he did when he sang with you know our Barbara. I enjoyed him then, but I, sure. I, I'm not a big fan of of his material. And what, what's the deal with some of his lyrics are really creepy to me. Like what? I don't get. Um, what's the what? Uh, huge hit. Um, there's Sweet Caroline. There's um, Coming to America. No, before or, that. Um, well, this is riveting, but I can't think of it. Uh, this is fascinating yeah, on radio listening, I'm sure. But um, um, oh, something about it's, lay, lady, lay, ew, lay across my big bit. Gross me out. He was never attractive enough to pull that off. I thought. No. <laughs> that girl, you'll be a woman soon. Also, ew. I see. That's no. I don't want to hear about that. <laughs> From Neil Diamond, anyway. Uh, you know. It's funny you should say this because I had one night there were four people playing Hot or Hot Mess on the show, and every single one of them loved Neil Diamond and had all these stories about I Neil know. Diamond and stuff. And nobody was on my side. Where I'm with you, I've never really gotten it. You know? I've never gotten it. But listen, I have. I'm a gigantic fan of some very bizarre people, so I understand. It's all it's all relative. I am a mm-hmm. huge Cher fan, and when I say that to a lot of singers, they look at me like a like, you know, I'm on heroin. But I love Cher. Her voice makes me happy. I can't explain it. I love Cher. There you go. She sure. can, now, if she sang Sweet Caroline, there you go. There would be something. <laughs> what if she did three encores in a row of the same song? Would that still be? That might be annoying. That might be annoying. <laughs> Isn't that how you close every one of your cast parties? <laughs> yes, so, with a medley of my hits, yes, exactly. <laughs> that takes about 40 seconds. No, not a medley of your hits, plural, a medley of your hits. Of my hits, right, exactly. <laughs> and finally, on Hot or Hot Mess, this is from Broadway's A Christmas Carol, Jonathan DeMar's ripped, torn impression. Oh, no. And after that, he sort of says, he says, Somebody owes me a martini, and the whole <laughs> table cracks up. He's like, somebody owes me a martini. Wow. I noticed you said, oh, no, before, as soon as I mentioned Rip Thorne's name. Well, that, that's a pretty good impression. I, I it's mean, hot or a hot mess? I, I think that's pretty hot. I mean, only because not that many people do Rip Thorne impressions, so I'll give it to them just, just because I think that might be the first one I've ever heard. <laughs> and what do you think of the fact that Rip Torn got arrested for trying to break into a bank thinking it was his house while oh, right. Oh, right. Oh, yeah, that's point. not good. That is a hot mess moment. <laughs> I'm sure that's a moment he would like very much to forget. 
<laughs> yeah. I, I mean, that's something well, if you or I did it, nobody would ever hear about, except right. our friends, and then, you know, they'd feel sorry for us and be nice to us. But it's mm-hmm. it's horrifying when it happens to a celebrity. I, though, I don't take joy in those things, I have to say, for the most part. Because I keep thinking, oh, God, that – I mean, what if he were a friend? would be so horrified for them. Um, well, me and Rip Torn, we're going out drinking tonight, so – Oh, sure. Going out. to the duplex. <laughs> you with Miley and me with Rip. It'll they, be, the, yeah, they love the show tunes. We'll be playing uh, – Dar- I want to take you on the beach. Oh, oh dear. I beg your there. pardon? Sometimes, sometimes Rip calls in the show nice. and – yeah, and he just starts saying stuff, and and we're just, Rip, you got to get off the line. We're yeah, in the middle please of the show get here. off the line. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, me and Rip. There to start earlier. Oh, oh, there he is God. again. Oh <laughs> uh, well, I look forward to hanging out with you and Rip Torn and Miley Cyrus. Uh, the album is the Swing Set. And yes. nobody's ever had that album title before. Congratulations on that. <laughs> that I can find available. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and it's available online on the iTunes and in other places where you find CDs now. Now that record stores are are obsolete and that's gone. right. Oh yeah, it's on it's yeah. on Amazon. It's on all all your favorite places. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, this was so much fun. Thank you so much for coming on, Jim. You're so nice for inviting me. Thank you, and uh, uh, see you soon. I hope. Yes, absolutely. Look forward to seeing you again, talking to you again. Take care, and seeing you in person. Bye. Yes. Have a good night. All right, that was Jim Caruso, and big thanks to Jim, big thanks to Marissa Ramirez. Reminder, tomorrow we have, I am so excited about this, we have Broadway legend, Tony Award winner, Betty Buckley, the original, Grizabella in Cats, the woman herself, cannot wait, so tune in tomorrow at noon Eastern time. I can think of no better way of ending this party we just had than by saying, if it ain't showbiz, it ain't a biz. And lastly, somebody owes me a martini. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.